Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this edition of the Once Bitten podcast. Sorry I've taken a little rest from the wall of content, but I needed to take a few days off to gasp for air. But joining me today on the show, fellow Britcoiner, Danny Brewster, CEO of FastBitcoins.com. I hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the meat of the interview, in the spirit of DCA and in the spirit of trying to make it as easy as possible for you to buy Bitcoin, there are a few companies out there that can help you do this. In the UK, you can get across to coinfloor.co.uk. In the US, you can go and visit swanbitcoin.com. And across Europe, you can use Relay, R-E-L-A-I.ch. Use forward slash bitten with any of those three URLs that will take you to a landing page and guide you through the rest of the setup. Now, once you have started buying some sats, or if you've already got a nice stack of sats, you want to take control. You can do that with Bitbox 2 Bitcoin Only Edition Wallet. Go and visit shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten. That will get you a 5% discount on your hardware wallet. Really important that you do that, guys. Very much appreciate everybody listening to the show, everything that you're doing to help me grow it, whether you're tweeting about it, uh, commenting under the releases, replying, showing up in the DMs. I love it. Thank you so much. Enjoy this interview with Danny, and thanks, as always, for listening. All right, we are, we are live. Danny, welcome back to uh, the, the, the podcast, mate. Great to have you. Thank you. It's uh, always a pleasurable listen. Let's uh, see, see how this one goes. Yeah. Well, you know, another couple of Brit voices for those, uh, for those Americans over there to, to tune in and listen to. Yeah, let's give them uh, some common sense from the other side of the pond. It will or give try. them hope. It will, yeah, it will give them <laughs> hope, I think. Uh, that, uh, you know, whenever I listen to other podcasts and I hear people from, uh, you know, wherever, from all around the world, it just gives me that kind of extra bit of hope and conviction that, wow, there's people everywhere that are thinking like us. And so it's it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When the world opens back up, it'd be great to be able to go around and visit a few of these places as well. Um, we're doing so much in Australia, but... We can't go. But then, to be honest with you, having a look at the, the pictures that our team put on of some of the wildlife over there, I'm kind of happy to stay, <laughs> to stay here. Um, but I'm literally moving moving to the Isle of Man in less than two weeks. So Really? Yeah. <laughs> and everybody that I know in the UK um, that's, that's got a business or... or um, 
heavily invested in Bitcoin seem to be fleeing these shores. So <laughs> don't know if there's too much hope for the UK, but yeah. Yeah, mate, that's definitely something I've been seeing and hearing as well. And we've always got our eye on, you know, the next move on and the next, the next country. But uh, before we go into that, and I don't want to delve let's into do the that question. a little bit more. Yeah, let's get Lauren's question uh, going. Okay, so my question is, what does your company do? Well, we've got this, agree, we've agreed on a task um, and we're going to try and create a billion Bitcoiners. But we're going to try and do it in the right way. So we're going to try and make sure that people take control of their own coins and they don't go and blow them all trying to chase the next Bitcoin. We want to try and help uh, and educate the, the users uh, as they come to us um, so we can set them on the right path so they don't have to make the same mistakes that a lot of people already have. Sounds like a helpful one. Yeah, it sounds like a big challenge. Yeah, big challenge. What's, big challenge what, can help if, if you had to create a, a business in Bitcoin, what would you do? <sighs> That's a hard one. I would do... Oh, um, I'll do it. I do new Twitter so then no people can get banned. Like uh, the guy who, who keeps on getting banned from Twitter. American Hoddle. Yeah, American Hoddle. <laughs> do you follow American Hoddle? Daddy does. I don't have it yet. I'm not allowed to yet, but it will come soon. It will come soon. I so, so in this new Twitter, if somebody offended you, would you want to kick them off? Depends how they offended me. Okay. That's some, some thought. <laughs> or should people just be allowed to say whatever they want to well, whoever they want, whenever they want? Well, people have their own opinions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Oh, and they'll be only just for Bitcoiners. Not, not, not high. Yeah, Bitcoiners okay. don't get offended. So uh, a Twitter platform only for Bitcoiners yes. and we'd never kick Cardle off. No, never. Okay. <laughs> so Mastodon. <laughs> and Mastodon, exactly. You're, it's a very, very good idea because there are there is a company out there that's trying to do exactly this thing. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you need to tell me more these days, Daddy. Oh, you tried to tell us just Bitcoin and stuff. What about this information? Why is this? L listen, Danny, Danny will attest to this. This this space moves so quickly, it's impossible to keep up with all of the different projects and things that mm. are going on and discuss them. I mean, the last time we spoke was about a year ago. And my goodness, my goodness, what has happened in that year. Yeah, we're all geniuses now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the, exactly. price has, the number's gone up and we're all geniuses that we saw this coming years ago and everybody else should have seen it, but we're... Levels above, and uh, we're, we're not lucky at all. We're just all the smartest people. Um, <laughs> I am joking, but it's uh, yeah, it, it moves so fast, and you have to to keep your ear to the ground and your eyes open. Otherwise, you'll miss so much. Um, and I don't keep up with everything. I get told stuff from my team that I should know, but I don't because I have a life outside of Bitcoin as well. 
Yeah, you need to get Aaron to Bitcoin like Daddy has. Oh, he said life, but he does have a wife. Oh, I thought he said life. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure Danny's wife is uh, a long-suffering Bitcoin wife. Uh, like uh, That's something maybe you could do. You could set up a, a wife's Bitcoin support group or something, Lauren, and, and, and get all of these uh, wives and girlfriends together. Yeah. And husbands that have to suffer with women uh, or their wives or their partners. Um, the, the partners of Bitcoiners, maybe capture yeah. them all. Um, don't limit your market. And children, children of Bitcoiners, my daughter would be straight in that group, I think. Um, <laughs> definitely. All right, so you got some good, uh, some good plans to go yeah. and uh, to maybe go and I work should on. do like Bitcoin, like Bitcoin Twitter, but only for women. That <laughs> Bitcoin Twitter only for women. Yes. What about children? If it's if it's like a well, okay, so there'll be a boys Twitter with like um teen boys and a, a woman Twitter with teen girls. Now you okay. do know that the women the, the the teen girls one would absolutely rule the teen boys one. No. Definitely the girls. Well, you got to think in now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you better go and work yeah, on those projects. I better, and I better do, go do my math. Yes, okay. Cool. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And I'm hanging on it. I'm tagging on the Twitter. Yep, I'm hanging right on it. I'm okay. Right now. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Uh, so let, let's go back to um, Isle of Man. Is, is this something that uh, you've been thinking of for a little while, or is this something that's just kind of over the past uh, X amount of months? Over, I'd say the last year, um, we've been looking at, at plans because um, the, the company's grown so um, so widespread. Um, we was looking at the UAE for Dubai and the economic free zones um, and the, the benefits and stuff of that. But like I briefly mentioned, I've got a family outside uh, of Bitcoin. so. The, the Isle of Man offers us so much more and the place is absolutely beautiful. Um, and it's close, it's 60 odd miles away from the mainland where all of the family and everybody will be. Um, and for the, for the kids and stuff, uh, it's really exciting, <laughs> really exciting. Um, can't wait to get there. There's quite a few Bitcoiners there already. Um, the guy, uh, for the team from Bitalicious has moved there as well recently. There's obviously a coin corner. Um, everybody there, they're doing great things. Um, so excited to get over there. They have got a, a blockchain office, <laughs> uh, which does all things blockchain. But we're trying to, we'll make the island, uh, we'll go in and we'll take over and make the island Bitcoin only uh, if we can. <laughs> Mate, excellent. So what are the main main benefits uh, for, for those other listeners that are sitting there and, and thinking about, um, you know, is, is it uh, tax structure for, for individuals and businesses? or Yeah, zero capital gains tax, I'd say, is probably the biggest law for a Bitcoiner. Mm. Um, yeah, zero capital gains tax, um, no inheritance tax, I believe. Income tax is capped. Uh, with two clear bandings um, and zero corporation tax. 
unless you're a bank, um, then you have to pay tax on your, your company's revenues if you're a bank, but we're not. Um, so yeah, it's, um, the, the tax benefits of moving there, especially as a Bitcoiner, uh, are many. And uh, like I say, income tax is 10% up to 50K per annum, and then 20% up to 200K, and then anything over 200K is income tax free. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to the, the tax regime here in the UK, um, which let's let's lay that out for like uh, the, the listeners abroad you know what's what's the the current state of play in the uk tax wise now um so you get raped and then you get raped some more and then you get raped <laughs> even more um the <laughs> it's yeah uh, and then all of this spending to pay for covid uh, is going to have to get paid from somewhere and Right now, you get a tax allowance, a tax-free allowance, and you can capital gains um, for. Sorry, if there's any background noise, there's a road right behind my office. Um, there's uh, you get an allowance for, for capital gains. Uh, I think it's about twelve thousand per year. Anything above that is twenty percent up to a certain threshold, and it can go up to like forty percent. Um, so. It can be if you uh, if you've been in Bitcoin a long time and you're uh, realizing gains and stuff uh, from a long time ago, then it's absolutely horrendous. Uh, and the talk amongst um, all of the, the tax specialists that I've spoken to is the the way in which you're going to try and start paying some of this debt that's been accumulated off is by reducing capital gains allowances uh, and things like that it's in a way of taxing the, the rich. There's even been I think I've seen it muted around on Twitter a few times as well. The uh, to tax unrealized gains, um, which for me is what insane. Uh, <laughs> don't know how much truth there is to that, but yeah, I'm not a I'm not an accountant or a tax specialist, but it's yeah, <laughs> death and taxes seems to be the only two guarantees here at the moment. Yeah, and I did an interview just recently for the 21ism guys with uh, Dominic Frisby, who wrote the book Daylight Robbery. Everything about tax. If you've if you've read that book, um, if you have not read that book, I, I highly recommend it or listen to it. It's brilliant. It's uh, really it's a walk through history as well. He, he's he does a really good job. Um, and the, the the actual saying itself, Daylight Robbery, is a very very interesting story you know, linked to uh, history. So how many other guys are doing this or thinking about this? Because this is going to become a problem for the UK, I think. There's going to be a huge amount of brain drain. Yeah. Um, I've, business owners and builders or long-term Bitcoiners that I know, um, pretty much the vast, I'd say 90% that I speak to, are actively looking to move to, to more favorable jurisdictions. Um, from the actual country itself, uh, just in the UK. Uh, there's people from Canada, uh, team members that have looked at Portugal, the UAE uh, as well. So it's that's the, the ben- one of the benefits, I suppose, of, of Bitcoin is, is being able to up and move uh, and take your cold card uh, or other hardware wallet and move. <laughs> uh, it's, it's obviously a bit more difficult if you've got family and children and, and things like that. But having, like I say, the Isle of Man just off the coast, um, they are uh, 
welcoming of innovative businesses and they literally one of their the government emails that i received the other day is providing you with the freedom to thrive um, and just uh, from a personal philosophical and uh, i'm not a total anarchist and believe in absolutely zero government i think would quickly devolve into the lord of the flies um, without some structure because not all humans are created equal uh, and have the same morals and beliefs and stuff but having a government that makes decisions for 85,000 people is a much better um, setup than a government that makes decisions for 66 million people um, both are all arguably impossible jobs but it's a lot easier to get right and to hold them accountable if they're creating the rules for 85,000 people as opposed to 66 million people there's no political parties there um, there's a there seems to be a reason why uh, it always finishes in like the top five places of citizen happiness uh, when they're um, questioned on it uh, or any surveys and polls are done. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to, to getting moved, to be fair. Mate, and, and that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and being able to unplug from uh, from everything, the, the whole place looks beautiful. So, yeah, not trying to make this an advert for the Isle of Man, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm just really excited about going, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it's great to, to have these discussions because everyone, like you said, everyone, even the US guys are all looking around, like thinking this is becoming too onerous. People are overreaching. They're going to dip into our pockets like like in ridiculous fashion because that we are going to suffer this tax creep. There's no other way they're going to be able to claw back all of the printing they've done. And yeah. having the having the knowledge and, you know, vi vision into the future of like the only way that they can, the only thing that they can do and what they're likely to do gives gives Bitcoiners that power. One one last thing about Isle of Man for, for those people that are listening and perhaps thinking, hmm, might be jumping on to like, uh, like estate agent websites or something like that. How, how do prices of, of property and stuff um, compare to like the, the UK? The cost of living on average, I think, is a little bit, higher it's lower than it is in central london that's a fact um where i'm based it's one of the the lowest paid areas in the uk and the average wage i think is around twenty four thousand uh, sterling a year the average wage in the olive man is fifty six thousand a year um, so there's a huge disparity there but the the cost of living is uh, is slightly higher but that's what you you get what you pay for really um, so it's uh, yeah a little bit higher, but I think it will be worth it in the, the long term. And I'm not not one to preach hodl until I hit the grave. Um, there is uh, it's pointless being the richest person in the the graveyard, in my opinion. So yeah. But well, um, I'm going to be checking it out. The Isle of Man could become the uh, a Bitcoin citadel. Who knows? Yeah, um, and there is actually the there's a <laughs> like the, the refuge, the, the island of refuge or whatever it's called. Um, there's a Twitter account, uh, Bitcoin Citadels or, or whatever it is. Um, looks like there's quite a few candidates in France as well. Uh, <laughs> the old chateaus, yeah. uh, yes, <laughs> that can either be money pits or 
um, absolutely stunningly beautiful homes. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, complete money pits. Let me assure you that have that they the ones um, that we see, uh, and you know that they are littered in in this region that we are we are in. We are lucky to be able to just walk around these. We were walking around one yesterday, and it's it's a running forest, uh, and we know a couple. Um, of America, this American guy came over with his wife and they bought one of the chateaus within the region and done it up. And, you know, to a high standard, the guy is some kind of tech billionaire or something. But, mate, the money is, it, you just can't <laughs> throw enough money at these things. Um, yeah. I would not be going down that route. Yeah. Certainly not. They are magnificent um, structures, but absolutely, yeah, money pits. <laughs> Um, but they're really cheap, apparently, to buy. Um, you can actually yeah. pick them up really cheap, and then it's like that's when they hit you with the, the renovation costs. <laughs> oh yeah, the bills from from what I've seen, and the taxes as well, and all of the other charges, um, and the, like the inheritance tax here in France is a complete disaster. Like you know, it's a total. I mean, you can only take the place. You can what. It, say a family member dies the place comes to you but you can only take it on as soon as you've paid the x amount of percentage of tax on it so you have to basically buy it again um or the state take it and sell it it's amazing yeah. it's uh, i don't think there'll be many bitcoin citadel communities uh that, that are looking for that but which is a, a real shame because because the country is just so massive, there is just so much open space, beautiful forests. You can have a river life, you can have a beach life, mountain life, um, rural life, whatever you want. Uh, it's just um, they're, they're very, they're just too overreaching on all of the administration, bureaucracy, taxes. It's uh, it's a bit of a, um, yeah, it's a bit of a shack. So I'll be interested to make, to, to have a look at, uh, Isle of Man, it's really cool. I, I remember having um, Danny from Coin Corner on the show before, and he was uh, talking about how how much he enjoys it over there. And uh, if yeah. you're building a nice big community, that's going to be great fun. Yeah, really, like, that's one of the the aspects that I'm, I'm looking forward to because where I am now, there's very little community unless I head into London, um, which obviously we've not been able to do uh, for a, come on, well, it'd be about a year now, um, but. I really, we, we, we have these conversations within the team and stuff on our company Slack and, and everything. And we're somewhat split between being able to up and move like a nomad or buying a yacht. <laughs> uh, so we've got that mobility uh, uh, and stuff. What's the, the, the goal? Is it the, the Citadel as a community with people and stuff? Um, and that dream or do you go for the, the, the other money pit of a yacht uh, <laughs> and uh, get, get floating freedom uh, to, to some degree uh, so you can up and move and have your own boating accidents uh, and stuff. Yeah. That's, that's all a, a long way away. Uh, a company to, to build and goals to achieve. Um, but hopefully one day that's the, the end game for, for retirement. <laughs> Mate, well, let, let's get on to uh, onto fast bitcoins. And for those listen listening that that don't know exactly uh, what it is you guys do, do you just want to uh, introduce everyone to to the business? 
Yeah, so um, we started out as a uh, cash to Bitcoin alternative to Bitcoin ATMs. We developed a, a merchant network where you can go and buy uh, Bitcoin using cash through, through our merchant network. And then coronavirus hit. And without getting into the politics of that, we had to all of the uh, retail network pretty much closed down around the world. It's not something that I foresaw when I was developing the business ever being uh, a realistic thing, or but it came true. So we uh, went back to the drawing board and I rebuilt the whole stack um, from the, the ground up so we could scale um, from a compliance perspective moving forward. Uh, but also to enable uh, digital payments. So now when this goes out, you'll be able to um, pay using uh, direct debit in Australia. You can use, um, you can send money direct from your bank account in Australia to buy Bitcoin from us. We've got dollar cost averaging, um, and you'll also be able to, uh, once the, the move to the Isle of Man is complete, you'll be able to use um, your bank account in the UK and Europe we're coming to market in the US as well. Um, so that's something new that we're, we're doing and also we're uh, already available in Canada. Um, we've added uh, Pin, so we've got 20,000 locations through them where you can go into stores, petrol stations, um, convenience stores, uh, use cash and uh, buy one of their vouchers to deposit with us to uh, convert that to Bitcoin. Um, and then we was the uh, also the, the first cap, uh, lightning delivery service. So you could receive your Bitcoin directly on the lightning network. Um, and we've constantly uh, pushed that. And we've now recently added the, the fact that we, as a business, we save money if we deliver on the lightning network. So the transaction fees are increasing uh, on Bitcoin. Um, when the, the mempools fall, it's costing around about 20,000 sats and that's from a SegWit um, address that we're delivering from. So what we're doing is we're uh, in real time sharing that fee with the user um, if they opt for delivery on the Lightning Network. So you can get more SATs for your money. We're saving money by not broadcasting that on the, the main chain. Um, so we're incentivizing deliveries on the Lightning Network as well. So, and that's the, the angle that we're, we're pushing forward with. Especially now, as the the price increase has gone up, um, and the 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 fee market is starting to, to come to fruition, uh, as the the blockchain is being used more and more and more uh, for settling transactions. So going forward, um, smaller buys of say ten euros or ten pounds or ten dollars becoming inefficient to deliver on chain. So we can do them directly on Lightning uh, and through wallets like Breeze uh, and Moon Wallet, you can use turbo channels and you can literally take delivery instantly uh, and then spend those coins um, uh, as well. So, we're Mate, that's awesome. You guys have been doing a, a huge amount of work. That's, that's crazy, which I want to ask you about that. So huge amount of work because the last time we spoke, uh, none of this was really in, in the workings, if I remember rightly. And, and almost um, 
Now, I mean, how much have you iterated on your original idea? Is this a bit of a fork of what you were originally doing and things have just all organically grown in, in this direction? Yeah, um, and this isn't even starting to talk about the, <laughs> the side chains to that business that we're bolting on, if you will. Um, so one of the, like I say, the, the biggest thing was the whole coronavirus lockdown um, initially before it started to become some Orwellian inspired um, debate where all nuance has been lost on all sides. Um, the, the, the first lockdown happened and just prior to that, we had uh, the fifth money laundering directive coming to effect from the EU. So our original uh, business model, we knew it was going to come at some point, but we, we ran with it. And then we was growing and growing and growing and we were starting to, to get some pain points along the way as well from uh, scaling the compliance aspect. And the, when the lockdown came, I took the difficult decision to just stop sales for a couple of months. Um, the retail shops were closed. We was restricted down to the size of our network massively. Um, so I just took that opportunity to, to literally rebuild our entire stack um, to include um, a scalable compliance solution. So here's the thing, whether you like it or not, if you're running a business, you've got to be compliant. I, like I said, I'm not going to jail for anybody. Um, and I have all of the, 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 it's a balance between being absolutely pure um, with my desires of how I see Bitcoin and how it, um, the ideals and everything. And then the product reality of what is actually capable without being thrown in jail. Um, and no matter how much somebody slates me or us on Twitter for having to do KYC and stuff, um, what we can do is we can do our part. And if that customer is, um, deemed to be low risk is treat them like a low risk customer. So once they've gone through that initial onboarding, um, providing us with the, the least amount of information and data and details as possible, um, then if we can treat them like a low risk customer all the way along and all the way through, then we will do. Um, if you're um, trying to do $200,000 a day from somewhere where there's conflict and things like that, then you're obviously gonna get treated like a lot more high risk customer. And that this is the, the problem that I feel a lot of companies in this space do it. They tie everybody with the same brush. They apply the same compliance to the person that's DCAing um, 10 euros a month to the same person that wants to buy a hundred thousand uh, a week. So what we have as a, a company is this, um, this stack that we've built out that enables us to, manage customers and treat them with the, the right amount of oversight uh, without overstepping the mark. Uh, and that's what I took the opportunity of the coronavirus during that period to, to pivot and to, to introduce these additional payment methods. So uh, we also have uh, like fraud risk and chargeback frauds and stuff to, to consider now, whereas before we didn't. Um, so going forward, we wanna be able to um, push the boundaries where we can uh, when it comes to like KYC and stuff. And a lot of people's biggest fears with uh, KYC and oversight beyond the government coming and trying to slap uh, uh, say a subpoena, if you will, um, 
requesting all of our users' information uh, is the, the, the cyber um, attack risk. So if people's identities, like we saw um, with the ledger hack, um, so one, one thing that we've done in response to that is we're putting together a way for people to be able to provide that information on paper so we don't have to store it online. We have to have a file for that user and that customer. They have to go get it notarized and stuff. But if we can store that offline, then that's one layer of additional security for them, um, as opposed to it being stored in a database. We, we store it encrypted whilst it's at rest and everything anyway. But just to go one step further, we're going to be providing the option for customers to be able to um, verify on paper old school, um, uh, get it notarized and send it to us. And then we can make a, uh, all of our references on our electronic side, we just point to their paper file. Um, so uh, just things like that, um, trying to innovate, even if it is, feels like going back to the 1900s. Um, yeah. Sometimes we have to de-digitalize um, things to, to, to minimize that risk um, and stuff. So. Yeah. What was the, um, so if people were listening from abroad, uh, you, you mentioned that there was an update to some some regi uh, regulations and legislation. So if you just want to give us that quick update, what which obviously prompted you to, to take these actions? Yeah, it was the, the fifth one in London directive that came into effect from the, the European Union. Um, the UK was still in the EU at the time, and they... But the FCA uh, and pretty much most governments um, around Europe implemented their version of this directive, which requires uh, like a registration with the regulator. You have to know who your customers are. You have to take like a, a risk-based approach to, to consider who is high risk, who is medium risk, who is low risk, um, and deal with them appropriately. Um, and like I say, uh, most exchanges and businesses that I've dealt with just tie everybody as high risk um, and deal with them in that way. Or what they do is um, they tar them with the same brush and then low risk customers get an overburden and high risk customers don't get um, enough oversight. So just trying to avoid that. And it was the, the European Union's fifth London directive that brought that into effect. And we're now seeing this, all of this with the FATF and things like that and the, the travel rule and all of these different things. Um, and for me, I wouldn't go far as saying that there's going to be two Bitcoins. Um, I think there's going to be two types of Bitcoin um, in the long term, but that's just down to the, the network dynamics and fees and custody and um, having to use uh, like the Lightning Network or side chains for settlement of smaller transactions uh, as opposed to clean Bitcoin and dark Bitcoin uh, that some people are touting. Um, but it all, it all depends on how the governments try and fight it and use this FATF guidance and stuff as, uh, as a no, say guidance for how they inform themselves on what they implement from a regulatory standpoint. So there's, there's our the consultants and specialists that we use are probably better positioned even than me to to go into detail uh, as to to why uh, stuff doesn't 
just because we have to adhere by it doesn't mean that I fully support it as well. Um, but like I say, we want to create as many Bitcoiners as we can. Um, and then when we've got enough Bitcoiners in the world, um, we can start to influence these decision makers because the decision makers become the Bitcoiners. Um, exactly. It's the uh, long game. <laughs> That's the way I see it. I, I, I don't see many Bitcoiners here at the moment in the space becoming politicians, uh, but I do see it happening the other way around. Politicians will become Bitcoiners. That's just inevitable. And we've seen this start play out in the US, right? Uh, Maya Suarez in, in Miami and uh, Cynthia Lummis in, in um, Wyoming and a few others uh, now as well in other states. Are you seeing any any hope like that spill into the UK yet? Uh, mm. Not in the UK. Uh, like I, said, I think, again, the Isle of Man, all these smaller islands where um, the, the governance of the, the population is done um, at a much more uh, smaller scale. If, like I say, what if say the leader is one in 85,000 as opposed to the leader is one in 66 million? Uh, chances are that you can get somebody favorable uh, a lot better in the smaller jurisdictions but then there's got to be become a time we, i think we've already started it's probably not directly but say pakistan and india india are fighting bitcoin and trying to ban it and there's all this rhetoric about bitcoin being bad and bans and stuff whereas pakistan are on the other side of the border in the, the other side of that debate are saying yeah we're, we're going to embrace this uh, with mining and with uh, and all of that so it, does it become a geopolitical <laughs> arms race to, to who swallows the orange pill or not? Um, part of me thinks, yeah, we should be paying, we should be influencing politicians through uh, lobbying where it's possible and stuff like that. But Bitcoiners are far too tight um, to actually take, put their hands in their pockets to, to do that. Um, but why, why would you when you've got that potential upside there? Um, so and philanthropy isn't high on <laughs> many uh, bitcoiners uh, agendas just yet anyway and i would see that as being a philanthropic thing to to put people in these positions of power because they're, they're going to exist um, i believe anyway until way beyond my death <laughs> um, so it seems pretty crazy for me for for london to be to be missing this, you know, the in air quotes, you know, the financial city of the world um, that to, to not. Are they fighting it? Are they just missing it? Are they not getting it? Like, I, I don't understand. They could like, you know, with Brexit now as well, they have the perfect opportunity, like just to write, stick a massive flag in the sand. So, right. Bring your Bitcoin companies here and let's go. You see, one of the. <laughs> One of the biggest companies in the space that's based in London is Chainalysis. And I can tell you now, they've got their finger deep inside the, the regulator or they're in the pockets, basically. Um, as part of the FCA registration process, they require a list of all of the company's Bitcoin, all addresses associated with the business um, so including cold storage and everything, they require that information as part of the business plan. Um, why? Uh, 
and we, we we know how like chain analysis work and what they sell is heuristics and it's all based on the information that they can attain uh, and obtain uh, on the network and if you're not a customer of theirs providing them with this information uh, then the next best place to get that from is to force it from the government uh, and that seems to, to be happening uh, here in the uk so and it for me that feels like um, an anti-bitcoin stat um, because i disagree with their whole business model and uh, what they're, they're trying to achieve and um, yeah it, it it does seem strange that london would be missing that boat when we all know what london's about and what all of the overseas territories and the, the sovereign areas around the world like the bvi and uh, the, like the cayman islands and everywhere uh, those types of jurisdictions that are closely interlinked with london and do a lot through London um, for for this to be. Do they see it as a threat? Maybe. Um, uh, I'm not entirely entirely sure, but there, there are a lot of people, obviously, in in and around London in finance. Well, I was doing trades with people that was working inside JP Morgan in 2013, 2014, um, like big trades as well. Uh, not for the bank, but they was doing it on their own private behalf so um, from a, an official standpoint it's a strange one <laughs> as to, to why not yeah it's i don't get it mate uh there's a huge opportunity um just staring them right in the face but seems to be going the other way and businesses like yourself are, are leaving uh, and you know many individual bitcoiners maybe as well it's um it's a it's a weird one all right mate let's let's move on to uh your your response to to Craig Wright, um, you put out two or three weeks back. It, it feels like again, that's another thing that's just happened and, and gone so quickly. That's when we were doing the um, the voice paper thing, which you were part of as well, uh, which came out great actually. Yeah, on the voice paper project, that was insane. Thank you for inviting me. Um, it was a, a good collection of people, and it came out brilliantly. So hats off to. Uh, to everybody that like contributed and especially to the, the, the guys that put it together, um, really enjoyed it. Uh, we had a couple of uh, team members on there as well um, like from, from all over the world that also uh, participated, which was uh, great. So, and yeah, it was things that, all of that around Craig Wright, uh, I can't really say too much, there isn't too much to say, um, but his legal firm obviously went after and publicly went after all of the developers um, and the, the letter that they put out uh, and published as some kind of PR, um, yeah, really uh, struck me as odd because they was claiming an address that was closely linked to the Mt. Gox hack uh, and stuff. And as a creditor uh, to Mt. Gox, I, um, if the the intelligence that we have on those uh transactions that and the addresses and stuff uh and the, the explanations that i've seen published as to how somebody would come into ownership of that address um who then later got them stole but the coins never moved um yeah really pissed me off that they went over 
and went publicly went after the developers uh, of Bitcoin, which has created so much opportunity for everybody. Uh, and obviously the the unique prospect of being able to get something back from uh, from Mount Gox <laughs> uh, from from that address. If, if they do own that address, then yeah, we've got put them on notice. And if those coins move on any of the chains, uh, I'll uh, be filing my claim. So, did you ever did you ever get a response from, from uh, the uh, the letter? Fault. Really? Nah. Nah. <laughs> their lawyers are, uh, are quick to send letters out, but their inbox seems probably a bit full uh, and they're a bit slow uh, in getting back to people. They're, some of the the stuff and what they do seem to do is they seem to attack people's characters um, publicly, uh, but no response, public response to mine. Um, or, or even a, a response to, to my legal representatives in Preston and Stephen and Anderson Kill, they yeah totally ignored it. Um, we'll see. We'll see if those coins move on any of the chains. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's. Um, uh, it'll be. Glad, I'll be glad when when this whole thing is over and um, you know we talk about this. Uh, in the past and what a joke it turned out to be and it's just been such a waste of so many people's time and effort and uh, yeah and, and people have you know like like Hodlin has has had to bear the brunt of a lot of this crap and Peter's still going through um, uh, the legal system as well about it it's just nonsense yeah um, we if we're given an opportunity to, to push back against any nonsense like this I think we should take it um, even if it means putting myself in the firing line, what's the worst that can happen? They can try and destroy my reputation. Been there, done that, have my name dragged through the mud. I uh, I generally lead with it um, to get it out of the way. <laughs> um, bring it on. It's uh, I'm not not bothered by the legal system. Quite happy to to stand in court and fight my ground. I'm not one to be bullied or pushed around ever. So yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> Nicely summed up, mate. <laughs> well, if people, um, where, where can people come and um, kind of interact with Fast Bitcoins? What's the best place for them to come and learn about it? And um, it's Fast Bitcoins, just fastbitcoins.com. Uh, we're now at Fast Bitcoins on Twitter as well. Um, so the we're, we're bringing some uh, native apps on iOS and Android uh, to, to market as well, um, which by the looks of it will be uh, Lightning Wallet built in as well. Um, just working on those uh, to get those done. We've got a couple of other bits and pieces that we're working on. Um, we've got some other brand stuff that we're, we're doing under another brand, uh, which is geared towards our high net worth individuals, family offices and stuff. Um, there seems to be, uh, thanks to, to like Michael Saylor and uh, Elon with Tesla, there seems to be a lot more interest from like these institutions and these high net worth individuals that perhaps wouldn't fall under the target audience of fast Bitcoins. So the, 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 the tools that we can provide users there probably don't fit to these people. Uh, and these people, we want to speak to them um, from our position of being Bitcoin only and no shit coins and um, being having our principles that we uh, that we believe in, um, communicating that to these people as opposed to people that just sell them anything. Um, 
to, to give them that service. So we're developing that as well uh, alongside fast Bitcoins. So. How's that going? That's, that's a whole different beast. Yeah. Um, we've through, through our team and network, um, we're literally limiting it to like an invite only clubhouse type of deal uh, at the moment. Um, so we've got a few private clients that we're doing this business with uh, and they're introducing other people like they, they appreciate the the honest and the, the lack of salesman type approach to this uh, that, we're, that we're like providing to them. So they've got, oh, I know so-and-so wants to, to look at this. Oh, this person's a gold bug. Can we, you might want to speak to them. Um, so it's growing like that, but we're still trying to just put together the interfaces and everything for the uh, for them. But the, I, I literally need 48 hours in a day <laughs> to get it all done at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a completely different beast, but the principles remain the same. So, but from when it comes to, to custody and stuff like that and ensuring that custody, uh, we try and guide them in, into doing it properly. So it's not just being Bitcoin on somebody else's uh, balance sheet, say Coinbase or wherever. Um, we, we try and do it so they've at least got part of the, the responsibility of that um, custody as well. Yeah, and speaking to uh, boardrooms is a, is a you know that's going back in time as well, right? Like, uh... yeah, um, I literally have to put my telephone voice on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah, I kind of got away from like the whole suit thing. Um, I like to to go in my joggers and my t-shirts and uh, my shaven headed and my tattoos and everything. It's uh, I have to just give them honest. And I think the smart people in the room appreciate the honest uh, approach as opposed to some slick salesman. Uh, so we, we have that going for us. <laughs> but, but we, let's say our team has grown and we've got people that have come from uh, like representing you know, family offices of royal families around the world and stuff. So we, we've got people from that background. So we've got like the perfect blend from the traditional finance world and the, the cypherpunk idealist um, approach. It seems to be working, uh, hopefully it continues, but these things are the challenges in scale, uh, maintaining the beauty of what gets you there um, at scale. Yeah, uh, the MicroStrategy uh, conference I thought was uh, was a brilliant thing for for boardrooms to be able to to watch and now it's all free for us to use as well. So if you, you know, yeah, absolutely, priceless materials. Um, I the the cynic in me sometimes says, is it too much ball ball ball? Um, I like to to have personally. I think I've just been around too long and. Um, people that get put on pedestals, sometimes they can go the wrong way. And uh, I, I try not to make heroes out of anybody. Um, but Michael Saylor is saying all of the right things. Uh, hopefully it continues. Um, we will see. <laughs> the world of Danny says, we will see. Um, but yeah, he, he resonates well at the moment. And he, he definitely looks like a genius with his moves. 
Exactly, mate. And um, I don't think uh, finished either. Uh, there's going to be more to come of that. Yeah. Um, so it's everybody else's responsibility to defend Bitcoin and stop um, uh, an even bigger monster whale <laughs> from from coming into effect. So we should just all buy up <laughs> our, our sats and uh, take them off the market so Mr. Saylor can't buy them himself. <laughs> Well, I saw a Kiwi uh, hedge fund or investment uh, house or um, whatever you want to call them, pension fund, um, whatever. They announced yesterday or today uh, that they had bought back in October 2020 um, 5% of their, of their uh, holdings of their balance sheet, which was you know, tens of millions, basically. How many other companies have done that and haven't announced it yet? This is this is the crazy thing, which I think we're going to see more and more of. Yeah, I it would be interesting when all of like the financial results and everything come out, and we've had a chance for everybody to. And, I, and to be honest with you, I still think it's going to be an absolute microscopic number um, of companies and funds, as opposed to the total pie. Um, there is just so much, especially now, there's so much liquidity sloshing around in markets and in these funds and on balance sheets. It's absolutely insane. Um, so an insane amount of potential upside um, because we we all know like publicly traded companies, uh, the, the meeting after meeting after meeting of governance meetings and how much pushback they're going to have just to authorize a small um, step into the, this arena, um, like the bureaucracy that, and it, ultimately it's going to cost them, I think, um, because organizations that can move quickly and nimbly uh, are going to really have benefit from, from that in this situation. Um, and the, the supply side is just, seems to be forever shrinking um, and by the time the next halving comes around uh, without making um, trying to read the tea leaves if things continue and there's no major uh, issues then uh, it's going to be violent <laughs> uh, waking up to, to five and six figure candles would be it, it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility just based on supply side issues um, and available liquidity. Yes, mate, I, I agree. That, that's a, feels really strange for me to say that. Um, I try not to be outwardly too bullish, but yeah, I, I, I can't see it going any other way. It's almost inevitable now. The, <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? Even though you've been in Bitcoin however many years, do you just feel like the conviction you like somehow there's still room for conviction to grow it's it's weird in in cyprus there's a handful of like e uh, economists and financial advisors uh, that have been like anti-bitcoin since i was there and everything and they probably felt a whole bunch of conviction when everything in cyprus happened around like me and business and everything and now it's like looking back and it's like you should be sacked if you couldn't like even tell your clients to make a small allocation 
into Bitcoin because you were so blinded by whatever bullshit you um, made yourself believe or and then thought you were the genius because of everything that happened around me and, and stuff. And the, the, there's a few, and it's like, yeah, imagine, imagine being that financial advisor in 20 years that says, I knew about Bitcoin in 2012, 2013. I was telling people not to buy it. Um, yeah. <laughs> imagine being one of their clients. Um, that, they, should, they should be shipped off to the, to the farm. Um, now so yeah that that type of conviction it's like yeah if if cyprus would have embraced this <laughs> um there, there were people there that did and um love them or hate them or love me or hate me if, if they held i know they are very very wealthy um and extremely well positioned going into the next decade uh, whether they went down the shitcoin route and stuff i, I don't know but yeah you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, that, that is such a that, good that's point. That's such an arrogant thing to, to say, Joe, but I'm only messing. Uh, yeah. But that's a good point, like, uh, that there are still so many financial advisors out there, um, family offices that just have not done one single line of research about Bitcoin. That, that what they think and see about Bitcoin be a fud piece article headline that they see in a um a, a newspaper in, in the guardian or something um yeah about how it's eating the planet there was a, a financial advisor uh, in the uk that one of his clients had been catfished or something and sent a couple of grand's worth of bit being persuaded into sending them bitcoin so that's it bitcoin's a scam he created this petition um and we all just absolutely ridiculed him <laughs> he blocked us all uh, and I'm not one for jumping on a bandwagon, but it's just like, it, it's reckless, it's negligent um, on behalf of your clients not to be informed on the best performing asset of the last decade, um, to have some understanding. And this is part of the, um, the, the offering that we're doing under this white glove, uh, high net worth individual approach, uh, family office approach, is providing the materials to financial advisors um, to be able to give them a, so even if their clients ask them about it they can say yeah I'm not fully it's an extremely deep rabbit hole um, I don't have all of the answers but these guys can help you um, so it's in making those engagements as well um, because these are all people that exist in the world that we don't want to be getting informed from like say Guardian articles or uh, newspaper foot um, articles like around power usage and power consumption and how bitcoin is going to boil the oceans and whatever bullshit that it feels like that it's the, the latest narrative um, so. yeah and i wonder as well mate um well actually do, do you um do you want to shill a few of those uh pieces that um or, or books what is it books or articles that uh, you're going to be using to to help these guys um, we're putting together our own, to be fair. Um, so Good for you. We, there's, there's so much good um, literature and everything about what, about Bitcoin. It's, every, everybody's unique. Um, so 
it's a very much like a white glove type approach that we're taking. Um, so, but high level overviews, there's um, like all of the, the information that Don Michael Saylor put out with his um, stuff. There's, uh, there's research articles by like the BitMEX research team um, who are completely underrated in my opinion and don't get enough love. Um, yeah, not, obviously everybody harps to like the Bitcoin standard and um, like Jeff Booth's price of tomorrow, just to, to get that uh, understanding. Um, but for, for us, it's, it's very much more of a, um, a white glove. Let's speak to you and let's see what, um, mm -hmm. what you need um, because Bitcoin doesn't care, <laughs> uh, and it's uh, and it is more than just number go up technology. Um, it's that ability to be able to take your net worth and walk across a border um, in times of political um, turmoil uh, or protection through hyperinflation or even just protection through inflation um, that's happening um, or going to be happening probably everywhere. I think this ship that stuck itself in the middle of the Suez Canal and uh, the the uh, the microchip shortage, uh, global shortage, um, are all great covers for consumer price inflation, um, the disruptions to supply lines and everything. Uh, mm -hmm. Without putting too much of a tinfoil hat on, <laughs> they uh, they all. I don't know, it all just seems a bit coincidental <laughs> uh, when we're probably staring down the barrel of consumer price inflation with um, all of this, uh, the, the cantillion effect of the money that's been created and being pumped into markets and the volatility there is going to start trickling down into to consumer prices and stuff. So mm -hmm. it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens next to, to divert your eyes away from the, that being the cause such a cynic no mate i i'm completely 100 percent with you as soon as that thing got stuck and i was like what <laughs> like, you know, yeah you know how like that's never happened before and here we are like the supply chains have already been crippled um we know we're facing we, we, as soon as they open the bars and restaurants, right? What are they going to do? They're going to go out and stock up with food to sell. So what's going to happen to the price of food? It's, it, especially in the UK, with you know, since Brexit and you know this this border problem and trying to get food across from Europe, it's going to be a nightmare. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think the food will be the the issue. Oh. Food prices have already gone up. I know my missus spends more when she goes to the supermarket every week. I've watched it creep up, even though you don't mm -hmm. eat any more crap than before. Um, and that's already started to, to happen, that I've noticed anyway. Um, but and, and she's noticed it too. But I think it's it's all just perfect excuses for or cover for this inflation, our oh, prices are going up because of this or because of that, not because we fucked up and we've um, <laughs> created too much money uh, around the world. I agree with you, mate. Bitcoin unaffected. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, mate. <clears throat> orange pill. If you had one last orange pill to give, 
Who do you give it to and why? Um, last time I said some type of um, foreign leader, I think who Elon Musk has already had it. Um, Joe Rogan's already had it. I'm trying to think. Uh, I would say some someone like Kanye's already had it. Some massive influencer. Um, probably some Asian, or some Southeast Asian TikTok star that's got a reach far greater than what most people can comprehend. Um, yeah. Who's who's that? Uh, is it the South Korean uh, pop crew uh, that everybody on Twitter, like they literally just got bombarded? Um, who seems to be like the world's most famous group nowadays? Uh, ah. It'll be them. <laughs> like they, they could literally tell all of their stands to to go out and uh, buy Bitcoin and we'll be at hundred k in no time. I'll take that. Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> this is this is your dream, right? Make a billion Bitcoiners, and that would yeah. uh, certainly uh, that would certainly escalate things. Yeah, uh, but create a billion Bitcoiners in the right way, uh, not just speculative gamblers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if that Ma is the gateway drug. <laughs> is there anything else that um, you wanted to cover before we uh, before we sign off? Uh, no, I think people should be building more. Always say the same thing. We need more builders. Um, it's all right and it's all well and good. Sitting around, being a genius, watching your um, uh, the value of your um, stack, growing purchasing power, um, but yeah put some skin in the game, more skin in the game and build something, make it useful, make more um, avenues for the world to benefit from Bitcoin beyond number go up, um, build shit. Make great, great rally cry. Love it. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. I always try and push the Twitter lurkers to come out and, do, you know, build it could be a podcast could be an article could be a meme whatever it is it could be anything like local community based uh, there's so many little things that can be done that can can just make the world a better place but it requires effort and building yeah even if it fails yeah love it mate where can people uh, come and find you mate and um please share the website again so we can get that in people's minds it's just fastbitcoins.com and at fastbitcoins on twitter or at btc danny excellent i really look forward to uh to catching up again mate and finding out how this is going and Anytime. please uh please reach out and um go follow danny and uh see what he's doing and come visit us in the isle of man when the world is back to some kind of sane <laughs> freedom freedom to travel uh, yeah I look forward to having a beer on the harbour with you and uh, Danny from Coin Corner the three Dans sit down talk Bitcoin sounds good absolutely can't wait cheers mate take care thanks a lot Hey guys, thank you so much for listening and thanks Danny for coming on the show and sharing everything that you just um, 
shared with us about your business and where you guys are heading with that. You'll move across the, uh, the ocean to the island, the Isle of Man. That's uh, truly interesting to hear that many other people are doing that. I mean, UK, what's going on? Big miss, perhaps. A big miss, as we discussed. We'll see what plays out, of course. But uh, in the meantime, guys, just keep your head down. Keep stacking those sacks. And a stark warning at the end there from Dan. You know, go build something. And it's funny, I was listening to Marty Bent talk to the founder of Paul. Uh, excuse me, Paul, the founder of Sphinx Chat the other day. And he had the same message. This is time to build. You know, the protocol levels are there. This is the fun time to start building something. So go out, start creating these companies. It's definitely going to add some kind of value to the space. And we need as much as we can so thank you again as always everybody for listening and supporting the show i really really do appreciate it um big shout out i'm gonna start my i do have a tribe on sphinx as i just um uh, mentioned there with paul i'm trying to figure that out to to get that working and send invitations around so look out for that uh, before we sign off i just want to make sure you guys are fully aware of the companies that you can go and um fiat cost average with in the uk it's coin floor it's a bitcoin only exchange coinfloor.co.uk in in the us the swan bitcoin team have you covered swanbitcoin.com forward slash bitten and across europe it's relay r-e-l-a-i dot c-h forward slash bitten all of these companies are going to help you stack your sats but then you've got to take control of your keys and you can do that best with bitbox02 bitcoin only wallet you've joined the dots bitcoin only companies bitcoin only wallet that is very important you can get the bitcoin wallet from shiftcrypto.ch forward slash bitten and that will get you a five percent discount Guys, I'm going to leave it there, but make sure you go visit the website, once-bitten.com. You can find out more about me and you can check out my book there as well. Really appreciate you all listening. Take care. Look forward to the next show.